0: This is the Unstoppable Authors podcast with world-building warrior Angeline Trevina and planning and productivity powerhouse Holly Line. Every week we bring you discussions on the craft of writing, author life and business and interviews with some of the industry's most unstoppable authors. A writer's life doesn't have to be solitary. We're here to bust that myth, support you on your journey
1: and encourage you to be unstoppable. Welcome to episode 96 of Unstoppable Authors. I'm your host Holly Lyne and today I have a fantastic interview with returning guest Daniel Wilcox. Before we get into the interview I am very happy to say that I got a delicious plot bunny the other day, much to my relief because um, I've been sort of very gently dipping my toes into this um, next book and just kind of doing a little bit of uh, world building and character development um, which i don't always do and um, sometimes i do just jump in without anything but i i didn't have a i, I didn't have an idea um <laughs> for, for the plot for this um so i was i was doing the things that i do when i'm in that situation um the things that help to generate ideas for me and i have committed Um, to a challenge, Um, (laughs) Um, the uh, wonderful Sasha Black and today's guest Daniel Wilcox um, on their podcast Next Level Authors, they run a quarterly challenge and I set myself a word count goal for this book, um, for a word count that I want to reach by the end of June and I haven't started it yet and I was just starting to get a bit nervous because there's a forfeit. Um, People who fail this challenge... Um, have to do the cinnamon challenge which is exactly what it sounds like and I really don't want to do it <laughs> uh, so I was starting to get a bit nervous so a um, huge relief that I now have a plot bunny and um Basically, I so I've been talking a lot uh, on here and on my Instagram and in my newsletter and all the places where I am about my Clifton strengths, and I'm a little bit obsessed, and I make no apologies for that. Um, but intellection is my number four strength, and uh, this strength is what it sounds like. It's it's the an enjoyment, a fulfilment from thinking about things, um, and I need to think about things um, very often people ask me a question I mean you know often I'll have the answer but if it's something that is quite subjective and quite um quite deep I need to think about it first I can't just answer and um writing falls into that category for me um you know I I need to think about my stories (laughs) um this is why I'm not a you know rapid releaser I can't write a book a month or what have you because I need to think about my books a bit and thinking about my stories and my characters is part of the writing process for me so I needed to think about this one and I needed to just do some things to prompt my thoughts and to kind of direct my thoughts a little bit and to just and I really haven't done much I've, I've done a little bit of like I've created a few contacts for my main character because he's a private investigator and you know, we all know PIs need contacts, right? They need someone to go to for jobs and weapons and clues. Um, so I just sort of created a few little side characters for him and not in any detail, like literally like a name and what their role is. Um, and, you know, I was just, and that, so that would just set the cogs turning in the background. So even when I wasn't consciously thinking about it, the, the wheels were turning, and um, I've been reading a lot. I'm uh, already sort of a big chunk of the way into the next Dresden Files book, which I only just started this week. Um, and I was reading, and just boom, this idea just like struck me like a truck, and it was so obvious. <laughs> and when I thought of it, I was like, oh, of course, like that, that is obviously what the plot of this book has to be why didn't I think of it sooner and that often happens to me and I think again that's that's my intellection strength um because somewhere in my subconscious I have already thought of it it just hasn't I haven't articulated it it hasn't become conscious and then when it does it's like oh yeah I knew that like I knew that somewhere deep down in my brain um so anyway, very happy about that, um, and I'm, I, I'm gonna, I still need to do a bit more. I think um, a little bit more thinking. Uh, <laughs> I've said the word "think" about twelve times in the last minute, um, but yeah, I'm gonna do a bit more thinking before I start trying to write. And I know I can meet my word count goal because it's, it's nothing compared to like the fifty thousand words for Nano Um I know I can do it. I can probably do it in in a week if once I once I get going, once I hit flow, those words are going to come easily. So I am no longer worried about the cinnamon challenge. And um, yeah, Dan's going to listen to this, isn't he, Daniel? I am not worried about the cinnamon challenge. I'm going to hit my word count goal. It's going to be fine. I sound defensive, don't I? I don't mean to. Um. (laughs) Anyway, moving on. Uh, Our question of the week, last week we asked you what writing advice have you received that just didn't resonate with you and oh boy did we get answers. So um, over on our Instagram um, we had uh, original sin writes said write to market. Yep that's just not helpful advice for some of us. Um, A couple of people, the short writer and um, who is the other one? Uh, someone whose username is, is the author, both said that they were advised to just give up, which is awful, like, <laughs> what? People, people say that? Like, that's just so mean. Um, don't give up, anybody, keep keep going if you enjoy it. Um, uh, what else friendly archer said create a schedule and force yourself to write and draw in my case every day when i feel forced to write i produce mostly bad stuff when i feel i have a choice i'm more productive and keep coming back to my project anyway yes absolutely like the big thing that i have learned this year is that or that i've um i've really internalized i knew it already but hadn't fully embraced it is that Not all of us are made to write every day, and actually, it's fine. Uh, Sarah Rosette also said, write every day. Um, Charlotte said, you need to add romance. Yeah, if your book is not a romance, you don't need romance in it. Um, And, okay, on the Facebook group, we had some fantastic answers. Um, Lauren Towers says, write what you know, but I don't know dragons, so why? very true we've talked about this advice on the podcast before and i have made my feelings quite clear on this i think right what you know is terrible advice um but mainly because it's so often misunderstood um edwin says and i uh, i need to slow down and take a moment for edwin's response because it's yeah um okay he says My answer to this question has changed over time, thanks to Gail Carragher and her book The Heroine's Journey. I now have to push to write a hero's journey. It's the worst writing advice I've ever heard. My MC is a heroine at heart and continuously refused to fit into the hero's boots. Hearing about the fear of the blank makes me shake my head, since a hardcore plotter must also begin with a blank page. Fair enough. I I believe I said that in the last episode. Um, And yes, this is a good point. Then again, I only face that blank page after running ideas through my head until I have material that must come out before I can continue. Another revelation from this episode is that I see world building as a function of plotting. This is where we define the rules all those specific plot points must abide by to maintain consistency. Um, yeah, I um, thank you so much, Edwin, for this really thoughtful um, response. Um, so yeah, Heroine's Journey... I really highly recommend Gail Gail Carragher's book as well. It's fantastic. Um, And yeah, the blank page. So we all come to that blank page at different points in the process. So... um, but yeah, of course we all start with nothing, you know, at the very very beginning, um, and we all have to start putting words on a blank page at some point in the process. But it's where in that process that it comes that is significant, I think, and where it can cause anxiety for some people, but not others. And it's irrespective of your plotting process, I think. Um, you know, I know plotters who are intimidated by by a blank page, and I know discovery writers who are intimidated by a blank page, and I know both who are not intimidated by by a blank page. So I don't think it's actually connected to whether you're a plotter or not. Um, And your third point, world building, yes, and character development, they are part of the story creation process, absolutely. And I think it's that um, difference of application of language. So um, by plotting, uh, we very often mean outlining rather than um, story creation. I think story creation is more general and what, we talk about when we're talking about being a discovery writer is not having an outline not having a you know and the the actual plot planned in advance um which you know is is where the word plotting comes in as well um but yeah absolutely like a, a great many discovery writers do do some form of story creation before starting the draft um but not all do and I haven't always i I literally have started with nothing and I know Angeline would say the same um, but yeah sometimes there is some story creation or some world creation prior to sitting down and actually writing the story. Um, so also in response to our question of the week Val Neill said uh, plotting is definitely the big one and writing detailed character profiles. Lottie Hall says, sticking to the rules, for example, no character coloured narration in third person. Don't use sentence frags. Make sure you describe your character fully. I disregard all these. T.L. Clark says, right to market, bit pointless. By the time it's written, edited and launched, the market's probably moved on. Here, here. And Rick, I'm sorry, I'm not going to attempt your surname, uh, says, always start with an outline. Yeah, absolutely. That just is not great advice for many of us. It simply doesn't resonate. So uh, thank you so much to everyone who answered our question of the week. This week, I want to know which part of writing or your author business do you need help with right now? So we have no new patrons this week, but a huge thank you to all of our current patrons. Your support means the world to us. Patrons get early access to episodes, exclusive behind-the-scenes access to our off-air banter, and by the way, this week it was juicy, as well as the warm, fuzzy feeling of supporting the podcast. If you'd like to support the show, you can do so for just £3 a month at patreon.com forward slash unstoppable authors. If you would like to support the show in another way, you can share it with your writer friends. Uh, Just grab a screenshot, share it directly from your podcast platform, or take a selfie while listening to it. Just remember to tag us so that we can share it too. It means so much to hear from our listeners and to know that you enjoy the show. And now, on to the interview. Here with me today is Daniel Wilcox. An international best-selling author, award-nominated podcaster, book coach, and speaker. He writes dark fiction spanning the genres of horror, post-apocalyptic, and sci-fi, and helps authors tell the stories they're dying to tell.
2: Welcome back to the show, Dan! Hey, thanks for having me. I think this might actually be my first repeat on the podcast. I'm not 100% sure, but it might be.
1: Oh, all so, right, yeah. it's like a milestone then. That's Taking awesome.
2: that title. Because well, <laughs> it was before the pandemic that we shattered, or was it at the beginning of the pandemic last time?
1: I think it was before. I think we recorded a bit before, and then the the episode went out like March. In like the just as things it all. were. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So it's been over a year, and I thought it'd be good to get an update because you've been up to some fun stuff. Mm. Um, last time you were here, we talked about collaboration and you were the collaboration guy. Yes. Um, but your situation has evolved a bit. Um, so, do you want to kick things off by telling our listeners a bit about you and your writing journey?
2: Yeah. So, um, I mean, the very, very quick overview being I started my writing journey in 2015. Um, I did it for the fun of it. I've always been interested in publications and the process of publishing. I really like the actual from words to finished printed product. Um, that, that's always something that fascinates me. I love like having my books in my hands and being able to see the physical mm. thing with my name on it, which is, is just always a pleasure when you get a, a book that's got your name on it in your hands. And yeah, I mean, last time we spoke, like you say, we were talking about, um, I'd raised a book called Collaboration for Authors, which is my first nonfiction um, and non-fiction wasn't really a route that I was looking at going down. I was very much writing my fiction, writing horror. Um, I do some ghost writing in the background as well and it's, like you say, it's evolved since then so that collaboration for authors um, kind of kick-started me on a bit of a, a non-fiction helping authors just wave. Um, I've been following since around March last year and it's really bizarre because I'm still writing my fiction. I'm still, you know, I'm working on stuff. I'm still collaborating. I've got um, an anthology and a novel in the works with someone else. Um, but I've just found a really, really deep love for helping other authors, and it all kind of kicked off from around June last year when uh, I came across Jenny Nash in her Author Accelerator program. Mm-hmm. Um, and she trains book coaches, and that program helps sort of uh, helps writers through the process of, you know. how the hell do I write a book because no one really teaches you how to write a book most of us will just go to a blank page we'll start with once upon a time you know if we're in that genre (laughs) and, uh, and we'll kind of fumble our way through the process we won't know if the word count is right we won't know like if the chapter separations are good we won't know if we've got like a full story arc we just as as new authors we like I say we stumble and we kind of fall over a lot on the journey. And what Jenny Nash was offering was a process where other authors essentially, or not always authors, just people who understand story, can take new authors and help them through the sort of trials of that first draft if that's what they need, but really someone just in the weeds with them and guiding them on that process. So around um, October time last year, maybe September, um, I set the wheels in motion to become a book coach. And then in November, I picked up my first client. I've had a few clients since then that I've been helping guide and coach through um, writing their books and and sort of, you know, it's more sometimes than just writing the book. Sometimes it's working on author mindset. Sometimes it's like the brand, the message, like where do they want to go? Because there are so many ways that you can go with your writing. And a lot of the time we get funneled into these little sort of neat lines of, okay, you're only writing because you want to, you know, rapid release or you're only writing because you want to, you know, make number one on whichever chart it is but sometimes people just want to write for fun sometimes people want to write because they want to like gift a book to someone else so there are all these different paths and our job as book coaches is just to help people work out where it is they want to go and then help them along that journey just you know erasing years of possible mistakes you know money spent where it shouldn't be and just guiding people so I I dived into that um, and then I've now got uh, my second non-fiction which is coming out on the 11th of June which is a self-publishing blueprint which mm-hmm. sprang from my book coaching. And I've also just launched a program which is helping authors go from zero to having written their first draft in a 90 day program. So yeah. that's a general overview. But I think the short version being like, it's really fun working with authors. <laughs> I didn't even add my, my writing group in there as well, which you were a part of. The, uh, yeah. the, in November, I did um, a boot camp where I helped, I think we had 19 writers in the end go from, well, try and take on the nano RIMO thank you you're welcome um fifty thousand word challenge and uh the the thing that I'm really most proud of that was we so the national re- average of people who complete I think is about 20-25 percent and our group was 78 percent of people who actually managed to hit the NaNoWriMo goal which is I'm not I'm not going back to NaNoWriMo that one was just for you <laughs> and that one mm-hmm.
1: oh, damn it. <laughs> gotcha Mm-hmm. um yeah no and I mean boot camp was fantastic it was it was such an immersive experience and um and it was just such a great group that mm-hmm. you know for the most part we all like clicked really well and yeah it, that was great and um yeah thank it was you. a lot of fun to
2: lead it was it, it really was and like like I'm really glad that you're a part of it obviously we had a uh, John Crennan and uh, Faye Trask in there as well so we had the entire Great yeah. Writers Share host team um <laughs> as part of the 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 boot camp and it is something i'm going to be looking at doing again next year because i feel like people got such good value from it and it was so it was so fun and rewarding seeing people who like we had people that had never actually written a novel go through and hit their fifty thousand words we had people who had been trying to make progress in their book for years going there and even though they didn't hit fifty thousand, they might have hit like thirty thousand, and you know they've made progress and Mm -hmm. like you say it was just it was a really really good group and i think the boot camp really was for me what kind of cemented me wanting to work more closely with authors because before that I'd, I'd just very much been an author working and doing my my books. And, you know, it, I go on a lot how writing can be really lonely work, which is why communities like yours, communities like Great Writers Share when that was around, like all these different communities are really good to be a part of when you're an aspiring author because you open yourself up to, you know, other people's processes, other people's ideas. You see that, you know, everyone goes through a lot of similar struggles As everyone else does and Mm -hmm. yeah it was just it was just a real privilege to to be a part of that group and see such a diverse array of writers just do some amazing things
1: yeah definitely so what's the best thing about coaching writers
2: i think that's a that's a flipping hard question holly (laughs) (laughs) i love it so the i think the best bit about coaching writers is just helping them shortcut the things that you stumble through so for example my first book and i think this is a classic example for a lot of people i think you'll be able to identify with this the, the first book you release the book cover is never on point mm-hmm. your first book cover that you you really think it is at the time and you've done your research <laughs> and like <laughs> you know the market and you know what you're doing um but i i quite safely say that i don't know about 95 percent of authors when they publish their first book or self-publish their first book miss that for that that cover by quite a considerable margin and it's Mm. it's not cheap to get a book cover even if you get like a pre-made it's still like you know 15 90 150 quid whatever Mm. you know it ends up being and so working directly with authors younger authors anyway it's great and i say younger in terms of experience not in terms of age Mm. um but it's it's really really rewarding seeing people about to make those decisions of you know that are a bit more questionable aren't quite on point as to what it is they think they're trying to deliver because you, as someone who's been in the industry, have a bit more perspective of like the whole the whole um, process. And then in helping them over that, you're saving them money, you're saving them time, like you're helping them deliver like a better quality book than you know I could <laughs> when I first started self-publishing.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And yeah, and it's also a lot of it is the moments where you really see people develop. Um, so one of my clients came to me with a thirty thousand word book that was um it was a first draft it was a very very early first draft there were you know grammatical mistakes the story was there but it definitely needed some work and we're now at the point where they're about to finish their second main draft and it's sort of doubled in size the the story is you know where it needs to be It's, it's a really really strong story and you look at what they're writing now versus where they were six months ago and just the change is huge and i just really enjoy being um a part of that process because one one thing I'm very very careful not to do ever is kind of tell people what to do Mm. because it's not my place to say you know this is the book you have to write it's my place to say here are your options where would you like to go I can advise more strongly in one direction I could advise more strongly in another direction but ultimately it's up to you what you want to do it's it's your book Mm. um but then seeing people take all these learning points and make those more educated decisions um so that you know that the next time they actually go ahead and write a book they're going to have some substantial change in their process that helps them get there faster helps them get there better mm. and like i say it just it just saves a lot of of money and time because i've been to a number of conferences and you get really good information but nothing for me really beats being in there one-on-one with that story like someone that really gets you and gets what you're trying to achieve yeah so yeah it's, it's just being in the thick of it really and just and just working with some really really awesome writers
1: yeah there's only so much you can take from general advice to a general audience isn't mm-hmm. there it's that having that one-on-one and um, like you say that personalized advice that can really make the big difference
2: yeah definitely yeah.
1: so why might an author hire a coach
2: so I think um like I said the main the main reason is you know it really helps you along those initial learning points I think in my experience so far the people who get the most out of working with a book coach are the people who are sort of new into writing Mm
0: -hmm.
2: um I mean there is space as well for people who have been stumbling along for a while and maybe quite missing the mark whether that's you know with marketing business or the actual craft of writing um but I think really the 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 reason that the reason that I came around to this idea so strongly and when I say strongly I, I I really mean it like I listened to one of Jenny Nash's interviews where she spoke about what book coaching was and then the next day I'd listen to at least 30 that she'd been on (laughs) and then I brought her on The Great Writers Share and then I quizzed her like for a while because just the way that she sort of speaks about everything it just just clicks and makes so much sense and like the thing that really resonated with me was in every other thing that you do in life whether that's you know going to the gym whether that's training for a job whether that's even just going to school like you're, you're trained you're You're given some kind of path forward for the thing that you're going to do. But for some reason with writing, there's that romantic notion of. I'm just going to sit down and either I'm a writer or I'm not, and Mm -hmm. I'll give it a go. And I in no way believe that someone can't learn to be a writer. Mm -hmm. The quality of writership depends on how much work you're willing to put in and circumstances. But I don't believe that, like, if you've written a bad book that gets bad reviews, that you're not a writer and you shouldn't be a writer Mm -hmm. because you can turn that around. And I've seen people turn that around so for me it's, it's just that that it's it's hiring someone who like i say can just guide you can can hold your hand through the beginning of that process at least get you um get your, your first steps ahead. because there are so many different options of what you can do when you publish so put aside you know what we spoke about you know what your why is with writing whether that's like legacy money charts you know to to help a local community whatever it is you've then got the choice of Am I going to self-publish? Am I going to like go for a small press? Am I going to go for a big publisher? And each of those has its own sort of pathway to navigate. Mm -hmm. And then you've got, what is my story? What is the genre? Like you have all these different variables. And as a first-time author, you're more than likely not going to know the most efficient, successful path in either direction. Mm -hmm. So what I say to a lot of the people that sort of come to me is like, I can't guarantee you success. No one can. Any any coach, any, you know, person out there offering a course it guarantees you you're going to, you know, whatever. They can't – no one can ever guarantee that success. But what I say is I can help you optimize your process and set you up in the most successful way possible so that you you stand the highest chance of getting to where you want to go. Mm. And I know that personally for me, like, I I did enjoy the process of learning to write and the journey that I've been on. I've been very fortunate with a lot of the things that I've been involved in. Um. But at the same time, I, I always had some kind of mentor. Mm. There was always someone, a step, two steps in front of me that I could hinge, <laughs> hinge my next steps on and, you know, suck their guidance. And, you mm-hmm. know, I was very much like a, a vampire of knowledge. Um, and some people don't have that or some people don't know where to look for that. So I think a book mm-hmm. coach is a really good place to, to start and just get the wheels turning on writing.
1: Yeah. And you did a lot of co-writing, obviously. And mm. do you think that helped give you that start
0: as well? I think
2: massively, because you know, I was I was never really alone with my writing. Um, the only book that I in the beginning, the only book that I ever did by myself was that first novella. And that was, you know, just totally in the dark, totally by myself. Um, I wasn't aware of any of these communities, any of like what the options were with publishing. And it was really only by circumstance that i stumbled across the other guys that i i formed hawk and cleaver with um and then from there it was i i wasn't alone we started the other stories podcast together me and luke co-wrote a couple of books i then did a co-written book with jay thorne um i then jumped in and started doing stuff with michael andley so i always i was always working with another writer and you know luke condor is a fantastic writer and he really did um put me on the path to understanding how to be productive as a writer how to really the biggest thing i got from him was like goal setting and believing that i could Mm. because he was he was already a year or two ahead of that journey he'd published a couple of books so to have the chance to write with him and sort of you know go toe to toe as we as we wrote these books together was amazing and then you know having the chance to work with jay thorne was another step up because i I think most people who listen to this will probably know jay thorne's name yes Mm. (laughs) like a thousand (laughs) podcasts um and then, yeah, and then and working with Michael Andley. So it's always been, the, the, like I say, there's always been someone that I can look up to and learn from. And I'm, I'm, I'm really the type of person that needs that mentor figure to keep on rolling and just know where that next level is that I can push to. Mm. Um, and like I say, some people don't have that. So the next best thing is you can you can hire someone who's ready and willing to get you know down into the weeds with you on your book and help you step up, step up your game and make it happen.
1: Yeah. So, what qualities do you think someone needs in order to listening <laughs> <laughs> in order to be a good book coach?
2: So, yeah, joking aside, uh, I think being a good listener, um, number one, because it's not just about like a- any any coaching session that I have. Um, it's not a case of mm, I try and talk as as I, as I can which is ironic when you come on a podcast to talk <laughs> about this kind of stuff. Um, but but I do, I, I ask questions, I, I prod and I poke and try to get to the bottom of, you know, what some of the problems can be, whether it is like, say an author comes to me and they say they've had a really difficult week getting the words in. Um, is it a story problem? Is it a process problem? Maybe it's a personal life problem. Maybe there's something big going on. And Because, you know, the last year and a half has been atrocious. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people do have all these external um, problems that are causing friction in, in the writing life. So they'll come to the table and say, like, I really can't get the words down. And I'm like, yeah, but that's because, you know, X, Y, Z is going on at home. So mm-hmm. although you might be using writing as an escape, that's like everything meshes together.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So you really have to be able to see the bigger picture. You really need to be able to see the person who's trying to write, um, understand what it is they're trying to achieve you have to be very, very flexible with your approach. So, while I have a sort of um, skeleton, a backbone of you know what I do to get someone from writing that first book to wherever it is they want to go, every person is totally different. So I I have to dodge, I have to duck, I have to you know think on the fly and try and tailor my approach to each individual person. Um, because even if they, if, even if it's two individual authors writing exactly the same book um one person might be a faster writer one person might be a slow writer mm-hmm. one person might discover halfway through that they actually need to learn to plot so you'll pull back and another person could just race ahead, and then suddenly you're in marketing and trying to like you know get all the, the seeds ready to publish the book so uh, i think obviously a foundation of knowledge um understanding what it is to be a writer on a personal level uh listening and yeah just being very very flexible in your approach
1: mm mm-hmm. You've got high individualization in your strengths, haven't you? It's my number one. <laughs> of course it is.
2: <laughs> so yeah, I, I in my Gallup Strengths test, I am number one in individualization, and most coaches that I know of have individualization in sort of like the top ten at least. Mm-hmm. Um, and just for people that don't really know what that is, that's basically um, a, a a sense of just understanding or seeing the individual within the larger group. So. Like understanding that every person's different and everyone has their own lens and their own worldview, which isn't wrong. It's just their their view. So,
0: mm-hmm.
2: yeah,
1: yeah. Um, I could segue and just talk about strengths for the next half hour, but um, <laughs> try and remember what we're here for. Um, <laughs> so, okay, have you had to make any sacrifices in order to move into providing author services?
2: Yeah. Yes, I have, and I think that it's less so because of the author services, but more so because I have a tendency to overload my schedule. Mm-hmm. So, um, I, you know, even in the last year, I've published. Well, so in twenty twenty, I was I, I wrote twenty six books across ghostwritten projects, my own projects, and a couple of other things. Um, on top of that, I was working and launching my horror imprint on top of that. I was you know, running the Great Writer Share podcast. Mm-hmm. I was also doing the Next Level Authors podcast <laughs> with Sasha Black. Um, I was ghostwriting books um, and then I was getting into coaching. So I, I've i had to make sacrifices, but I think not so because of the coaching, but because I needed to make sacrifices. Mm-hmm. Um, so one of the main ones is I'm still writing fiction, like I say, but my fiction is definitely taking a bit more of um, uh, a backseat and by that i mean i'm kind of trying to approach it more again from the passion the hobby standpoint so Mm. looking at the stuff i do now as more of like the the main job stuff and then the fiction things more as um my little side projects to 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 keep me entertained and keep me enlightened on fire Mm. all that kind of stuff (laughs) but i think yeah i mean it's in terms of the actual work itself not really because it like i say it's a real privilege to be a part of lots of different writers process and across my coaching, across the writing group, um, you know, working, uh, on next level authors and the communities and stuff we got there, like you get to really be involved in other people's processes and see their writing. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that has gone on to inform the things that I'm doing now. So I've got the self-publishing blueprint. Like I say, that was born out of coaching because I realized that a lot of, um, first-time writers or a lot of people who are new to self-publishing don't know what self-publishing involves mm. so there are a lot of people that were panicking because they were thinking should I be doing my marketing now should I be you know making a website like what should I be doing because they don't know the things that they don't know mm. so the self-publishing blueprint I originally started writing for my coaching clients and then it expanded into this book and I thought you know what this is a tool that could help other people bridge that gap between writing and publishing so um that comes forward from that. So yeah, it's, it's, you know, there's always going to be some sacrifices, but at the same time, like I'm, I'm very, very happy where, with where it's going. Mm.
1: So you've mentioned the um, podcasts a little bit there and, you know, where things evolving from other things, obviously we were, you know, I was one of your co-hosts on the great writer share and (laughs) um, it's awesome. And very sad (laughs) that it had to come to an end, but um, I'm not
2: going to cry on show.
1: No, no. Um, what was my question? Oh yeah. So um, obviously Great Writer Show was all about talking to writers about their process and everything. Mm-hmm. And how much do you think your experience of doing that, of doing all those interviews and kind of collating experiences, how much of that have you been able to bring to coaching?
2: All of it. Um, I mean, like you say, the, the whole point of that podcast for me when it was born was to find out the mindset, the strategies, the processes that help people write. Because, you know, there there are lots of um, podcasts out there that teach sort of marketing and craft and business and all that. But what really interests me is like the author's mind. And when an author does hit a brick wall, how do they get past that? Because I think for me, I've always been fascinated with, I say always, I, I think ever since I've realized that every author struggles, I've been a bit obsessed with, the, we're just trying to be transparent with what the author journey looks like because there are people who hit six seven figure success who hit you know the top of charts and the story that comes out is you know I published a book and now I'm rich mm-hmm. and you know now I get to live this lifestyle and it's easy or like the people that are the most vocal in a lot of groups are the people who are doing well and again it's normally just oh well I just ran some Facebook ads
1: <laughs> Nothing's
2: that simple. And it's not always the tactical stuff, it's the emotional stuff, it's the personal stuff that really, really intrigues me. Because people write for a reason. Whether that's to support their family, whether that's to support a lifestyle, whether that's just to, you know, exercise demons that are inside you. So it's the I I really just wanted to amplify struggles that people had. And like I there are loads of episodes that come back to me, but uh, just an example, one of them was speaking to Jonathan Jans, who's a horror writer. And he's a full-time teacher, but he's also doing some fantastic things with his horror fiction. He's, he's just and it's good horror fiction. I'm a big fan of his. Mm-hmm. And he just openly shared a lot about sort of like the struggles of being a writer, like where his love of writing came from. Like he was told as a kid, or he's a bad reader as a kid, and he was told that he'd never be able to do that kind of stuff. And now he's like a best-selling author <laughs> who has in the horror community an entire month named after him, Jonathan January. Um, <laughs> that happened this year. That was pretty amazing. But yeah, he was very, he was so candid about how tough it can be. And, you know, the journey is difficult. And, you know, for, for me, I, I started in 2015 actually really trying with this and I've done a lot of things that I'm sort of proud of, but it really wasn't until the last two years maybe that things really started to, to kick off for me. And I started to do much better with, with podcasts and books and everything else. Mm-hmm. So you really do have to put in the work. And I just, having I think we had 80 episodes in the end of Great Writers Share. And then before that, I did a podcast with Luke Condor called The Story Studio, and we had 50 episodes of that. So creatives, authors, you know, everyone has that struggle. And it really just highlighted even more how individual processes and how I want to help because you get to see all these people's different struggles and how they get through with it. And, you know, if I'm privy to that information, why wouldn't I help authors by giving that back?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, speaking of episode numbers, we are rapidly approaching episode
2: 100 of Unstoppable Whoa, Authors. That's so, exciting. Yeah,
1: yeah, it is. You got anything special planned? Um, we... I'll come
2: back if you want me to. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, we're, we're, we're still sort of trying to nail down the specifics of what we want to do. But Man. yeah, we're going to do something special.
2: I'm excited. I will be there.
1: Thank you. Okay, so tell me about... Your latest service there, 90-day book camp. Yeah, so... Yeah, how did it evolve? Where's that come from?
2: Yeah, well, I mean, part of it sprang from, um, like, a bit of a mix between... So I ran the NaNoWriMo (laughs) boot camp. (laughs) I'm now confused which way I say it. The NaNoWriMo boot camp in November. And then, uh, because the group was so fantastic, because everyone was so... They gelled so well, um, I continued it, and now it's a monthly writing group that people can get involved in if they want to. Um. And then I've also got my coaching, which is individualized, one-on-one, working with them all for six months on their book. And it was kind of, for me, it was a bit of a middle ground between the two. Um, but also, I think I really I really want to get that mix of, of both. So, like, in the weeds, while also having sort of, like, the group vibe as well. Because I feel like a lot of what pulls people through, a lot of what pulled people through in NaNoWriMo was the group aspect of it, the accountability aspect, the fact that it wasn't just yourself. It was, you know, other people going on that same journey as you. Mm-hmm. And again, for me, all through my journey, I've had other people there. I've been in groups. I've worked directly with people on, on collaborations. Um, and so the idea just kind of came of, you know, why not take a three-month period, condense it down into a goal, which is to finish that that first draft or to finish the book in whichever state you want to do it, um, and then combine it with a bit of sort of masterminding. So the idea is that every week there'll be a, uh, a mastermind Zoom call where we have like just over an hour together. We talk about wins, we talk about successes, we talk about people's stories, bounce ideas off of each other and really help each other forward. Um, at the beginning, I'm going to be giving people sort of one-on-one coaching directly with their story to make sure that they're able to get off on the best track for that 90 days. And, you know, they have all the tools they need to. Um, I've also got a bit of a fiction outline, um, well, I, I want to call it the, yeah, blueprint It is a blueprint. So I'm just looking at the self-publishing blueprint. I'm like, can I also, also call this a blueprint, but it's like the blueprint to write your book. So it's a list of questions. It's sort of like an outline that people can take away. And if they want to, they can then use that again on their next books. Um, which is sort of like my process in how I, in how I approach actually getting the book done. Um, and then, yeah, we've got word trackers. We've got like loads of different things that are just going to help people Actually, get to the end. And I think for me, it's I, there are so many authors that I work with that say, or they're just now getting to the point where 10 years after they've started writing their book, they're in a position to finish it. And my advice from having written, I think I'm on book number 46 in total now, um, is I, I've learned that the best thing that you can do as an author is just write that first draft, like just get it done. Because once you have an entire first draft, and once you've reached the end, you've got your book. And there's still work to do, absolutely. But it's, it's that whole thing of shoveling the sand into the bucket and then turning it over. Like all of that sand, you know how much you need your story's in some kind of form. And now that you know where it's at, you can look at what needs changing and you can go through the story um, logically, step-by-step step and, and work out what those tweaks. But I see so many people spinning their wheels in the beginning. And, like, I, and I'm sure that lots of people <laughs> resonate with this. I know that I did when I first started writing. Um, you'll write a chapter. And you'll be like, okay, and you'll perfect that chapter. And then you you write the second chapter, and you perfect that, and then you go, oh, crap, that that changes the first chapter. So you go back to the first chapter, and then you write that, and then you do chapter two. And then you get to number three, and that changes things, and you go, oh, crap, now I've got to start again. And that's such a a time-inefficient way to write because, like I say, if you just finish that first draft, you then know where the end is. So you can then rework the beginning, and it just seems a much more efficient way to do it so that's that's what i'm going to be doing i mean i'm i'm a fast writer in general and i'll be teaching some of that to people but at the same time most of it is just can you get that first draft done in 90 days and for me the answer is yes
1: mm. so i mean you're generally a discovery writer as am mm-hmm. i um and that's sort of what you were talking about there is that you know not knowing the ending and just kind of working it out a chapter at a time. Is there room in book camp for people who are really into plotting and want to create a really intricate plot ahead of time?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, people can either come with their plot or that's something that I can work with them um, in the early stages. I think even people that plot I've seen have that process mm. where they know what it is they're trying to achieve, but they just can't put the words in the right order to make or to meet the plan as they as they've made it happen. Mm. Um yeah I mean it it's absolutely for everyone. like my my approach is very much like I'm happy to help you if you're a discovery writer. I'm happy to help you if you're a plotter because for me, my personal process doesn't come into how I coach because how I coach basically relies on the story. Mm-hmm. So I if like if a discovery writer knows roughly where they want to go, even if they don't they know that what the rough message is, I can help them potentially like brainstorm some of the ideas for the sort of the five critical story points. Or if you're a plotter, I can make sure that they're sort of written down and that those points have the impact that the the author needs in order to go forward and make sure that their story is as strong as it can be. Mm-hmm. So it is, it is absolutely for everyone, um, no matter what your process is.
1: Yeah, what? But for more experienced writers as well, or is it more aimed at beginners?
2: Well, I think for for more experienced writers, I think um, there's for me the big uh, what's the word? The big draw for for me is the mastermind. Mm. So you are in the mix of it with 11 other writers. It's, it's, um, it's, it's a limited group, I'm taking 12 people through. Um, and the fact you get to work directly with other writers and the fact that in those calls, I'll be there, I'll be able to answer questions um, all throughout the sort of three month period, you'll be able to have direct contact with me and we've got um, like a private Slack community that I'll be in, people can ask questions. So it's really the community, it's a group, um, there's sort of the knowledge tapping as well and yeah i'm just i'm just gonna be available to people to to help them with their story so even if you are experienced but you know if you know that you're a slow drafter or you know that one thing you always have to come back to is you never quite get that sort of darkest night moment right you really like then i'm i'm there to answer those questions and help people so the is there from beginner writers to sort of people that have a bit more experience as well
1: mm-hmm. cool okay um so Everyone who uh, comes on Unstoppable Authors has to answer a would you rather question. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I I picked this one knowing that you've been dabbling a bit with dictation, haven't you?
2: Ah, interesting. Yes.
1: Mm -hmm. So would you rather lose the use of your hands or your voice?
2: I would I really don't know I'm trying to think of what the wider repercussions would be Mm. I think my gut is saying hands I don't know why
1: You would never be able to play the guitar again
2: I'll work it out with my toes I don't know, there's so much because I like being able to talk to people it's efficient
0: <laughs> mm. True.
2: Yeah, I'm I'm gonna say hands.
1: Okay. Yay. Surprising even myself then continue. Because <laughs> <laughs> this is not just hypothetical, this is a real world scenario.
2: No. Uh oh, someone's you. coming through the door.
1: <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Someone behind you with a machete. Um, <laughs> okay, lovely. Um so where can our listeners find out more about the 90 day book camp and the self-publishing blueprint and your other services?
2: Yeah, everything about me is at www.danielwilcox.com and that's Wilcox, W-I-L-L-C-O-C-K-S. And yeah, everything's on there. There's a big tab with help for writers so you can kind of see the full breadth of what's on offer. Um, But yeah, even if, you know, you just want to check it out, I do do a uh, 15-minute consultation for free that you can just book on the website and just chat to me for 15 minutes about whatever it is that, that irks you and hopefully I can help.
1: Awesome. Thank you so much for coming on the show today, Daniel. It's been a pleasure.
2: Thank you for having me. It's been uh, it's been fun catching up.
1: Yes, it has. Thank you so much to Dan for coming back on the show and donating his time. He's an absolute gem of a person. Um, so yeah, go check out his all of his services. Uh, he's got so much going on, and I really i I highly recommend the ninety day book camp because I did boot camp for Nanowrimo and it was fantastic, and I'm sure this will be too. So, just a reminder of our question of the week. We want to know which part of writing or your author business do you need help with right now. And remember that if you want to hear all the backstage stuff and get all of the other benefits, you can join us over at patreon.com forward slash unstoppable authors. And don't forget to share the podcast online and tag us on social media. We're on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter. Just search for Unstoppable Authors.
0: Thanks for listening to this episode of the Unstoppable Authors podcast. We'll be back next week with more of our tenacity and worldly wisdom. Don't forget to visit our website to get the show notes and heaps of helpful blog articles at unstoppableauthors.com. And join our guild of unstoppable authors and you will not only hear from us every week, but you will also get a free digital copy of my book, 30 Days of Worldbuilding. If you enjoyed the episode, please remember to subscribe and leave a review.
1: Yeah, I left the group after something like the third time um someone was like the the solution was just buy a mac i said like, i don't want to buy a mac and it wasn't aimed at me it was aimed at someone else but yeah, i was yeah. like that's not the like panacea like it's not
2: like no you know. don't need a mac to win
1: no it was mm. someone said um, if you want to be taken seriously as a writer you really should have a mac i'll oh, piss off i was like want to
2: be taken seriously a writer write good stories
1: exactly <laughs> it doesn't matter what you write them on
2: hipster coffee macbook i mean that's what i am but i don't tell people to do it yeah there's something weird when you go to a coffee shop for the first time with a macbook (laughs) you open it up and you're like
0: "Hmm." (laughs) oh i'm one of those yeah (laughs)